Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Compassionate Friends as well as the Open to Hope Foundation. Heidi is my co-host and daughter. I'm excited because we're going to talk about mind, body, and spiritual alignment. You want to talk about our guest because I know she's been a friend of yours and an office mate. She has, yes. So our guest today is Basha Mozinski, and I've known her for many years. Um, as you said, we first met because we shared a suite together, an office suite. She is an art therapist and is a therapist. And as you know, I'm also a therapist. So that's how we originally met. And then we became friends. And she has been on our cable show and our radio show and talking about a couple of things. Because when I first met Basha, she had had the death of her stepson. And he was 10 years old when he died in a train accident. And he died in 1993, and Basha had absolutely no idea at that time, nor did I, that she would actually lose another son. So in 2014, her son, Richard, died of a pulmonary embolism. And Basha has gone on to reinvent herself. She is finding hope again. Um, she is the founder of One Life Coach, and she's going to talk to us about that today. She lives out in Southern California in Newport Beach. And she's going to talk to us about how do we navigate pain, the pain of change. Welcome to the uh, show, Basha. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, thank you so much, Gloria and Heidi, for that really uh, warm introduction. My, my pleasure to be here. Um, and I so respect the work that you do in this regard, because when someone has a loss, we're, we, look for, we look for answers. We look for answers. We look you know, immediately for who, who understands what this is that I'm going through. And you guys hit it on so many marks. So I really appreciate the work that you do. Talk to us about this idea of authenticity. I love that idea that we have an authentic self, even though we've had a loss. I mean, you've had these two children die. I mean, how did you find our authentic self? And, and what does that mean? That's a great question, um, and it's a long journey. It's the, you know, when, when you hear the title of uh, the grief journey, I think that is what it is, is the, the journey into self, into really understanding. I mean, when, when my stepson Logan died, I remember a vivid day sitting on the couch just crying and crying and crying. I thought I would never get off the couch. I thought the tears would never stop. I really thought that I couldn't, I, that I wouldn't be able to go on. And something inside of me, there was a moment where I stood up off the couch and there was a light inside that had me, and I, and I looked around and I thought something in me got me off the couch, something in me. And that was the beginning of it, but that was back in 1993. And it, it really taught me a lot about uh, self-awareness and about strength and about learning from loss and creating uh, a new way because you can't go back. This is what grief teaches us is you can't go back. You can't recreate. There's no substitute for what has been taken. With my son, it's been now three and a half years. And recently I told my, my chapter at the Compassionate Friends that, that I still get up and I say, okay, I'm done with this joke. Like somebody stop this nightmare. He's got to come back through the door. He has to be able to come back. And it's three and a half years later. It doesn't haunt me like that every day, but, but it is there. 
it is there. It's very hard. And that's part of the authenticity is bringing things back into alignment where, okay, I, I'm still standing. I'm going to go forward. What is, what is the meaning of life? What is the purpose of life? So that's why in my business, when I work with people, I work with them mind, body, and spirit. So what I've taken is my life experience being a psychotherapist and art therapist. So I work with people about, I don't work as a clinician any longer with them, but I have the training that I have and I'm aware of, as we all are, about what we think matters, what we think, how long we think of what we think of matters because it generates more. Whatever we focus on generates more. So if we stay in the, the sadness and the, the sorrow and the, I can't believe this thought, it, we continue more of that. So there's a time, I like to put a, I like to encourage people to put a time frame on things, to not let it go all day, but to give yourself a, a timer, you know, of, okay, I'm going to, I'm given over to it now. And then, you know, in two hours or, you know, I'm going to get up. I love that. Um, the fact that you're right, what you focus on grows and uh, yeah, giving yourself that. I like that. Cause it doesn't, you're not telling me you have, I have to give it up. I don't have to give up my story. You're just saying, let's start out by maybe limiting a little bit, putting a fence around it or something. <laughs> right. Cause you, it, yeah, obviously if you, if you try to suppress it and you deny it and, and pretend like things are all okay, that's not authenticity. So telling yourself, okay, I'm going to give myself this time, whether it's every day or it's once a week or whatever that is, I'm going to give myself that, but it's not going to consume all of me. Uh, then your, your psyche knows, okay, uh, there's a place to release. There is a place that's coming to release. So for some of us, the group works really well. Like for me, uh, I didn't, uh, at the time, I didn't need it. Uh, when my son Richard died uh, in 2014, I didn't need a therapist. So I went to a, a compassionate friends group and I was a mess, but I was able to be a mess with people that got it, that understood me and uh, weren't judging me for anything but being strong enough to come to a meeting. And that's how it started. Everybody tells me I need a therapist. What are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are, this is the, the journey of authenticity is to trust yourself. So, and if you, you know, to trust yourself to know, okay, this person, I'm reading their profile uh, about their psychotherapy practice or their groups or whatever. There's something that resonates with me and then take that step and try it out. Or if you like the term, uh, you know, a, a grief wellness coach, try that. You know, whatever it is, but it's not to say that that's gonna be the end all, but it's gonna be the next step on your journey because it goes, it goes on. And to trust, trust that you know, and you're gonna know, and you're gonna know when it's right, and you're gonna know when it's not right and to follow that. I love that trust idea, don't you, Heidi? Yeah, I do, and uh, I like the idea of the timer. 
Um, we wrote a book called uh, Real Men Do Cry, where a, an NFL quarterback, Eric Kippel, talked about setting a timer on his grief. And one of the reasons I like it, Basha, is because I know for me, when Scott died, my brother, I was afraid to go into the grief space and afraid to go into the crying space because I was afraid I would become really overwhelmed and I wouldn't be able to get out of that space. So I love the idea of creating a time and then leaving that space. And, you know, sometimes I've heard people say they'll get up and do jumping jacks or they'll get up and snap 50 times um, so that they can move out of the, of the mourning space, the grief space, and move on with their lives. And I like the idea of having some control over it. And, and what, you, what you point out is really, it's so important because you're changing the energy. So you've been in this grief like thought and, and heart and, and area, and now you're taking it to the physical. So uh, smelling something, taking it to a different, one of your other senses, like that. really break that, you know, that connection and get you out of something that is consuming. And what, what else in the physical area do you recommend? Well, I love what Heidi just said, but, uh, you know, I would say uh, essential oils also. Uh, uh, burning a candle that has an essence to it um, can be really a great beginning to a grief journey. For example, like, okay, I'm going to give myself over to um, uh, allowing this grief to happen, and I'm going to light a candle in my loved one's honor, and then I'm going to blow that candle out at the end and smell something that is you know, uh, different, or I'm going to play music that really helps me, makes me feel more upbeat, makes me feel, or makes me feel connected to them in some way, in the love for them as opposed to the pain. Basha, I just thought of something that you do, and you post it on Facebook. What's you that? Jump rope. You jump rope. Correct, you're yeah. Like, okay, mom, think about this. You're grieving heavily, and then your timer goes off, and you grab the jump rope and start jumping. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a good thought. The area of the, the spiritual is, it's a touchy area because I think people have a lot of connotations about what spirit means. And the way that I look at it in my business anyway, and the way that I work with others is similarly to what we think matters, what we believe matters. For example, do we believe in, first of all, when, when grief really hits and it's a traumatic loss, Sometimes we don't believe, you know, what we did believe doesn't work right away. It doesn't work. It doesn't come back. It's like, you know, everything is threatened. Everything is up for grabs. So what do we believe? Do we believe we were singled out somehow that this tragedy or this double tragedy was really had my name on it? You know, well, that belief didn't help me. That belief was there in the beginning. It was a question, but it didn't serve me to think that way. So what I did for myself was I took myself into nature and nature helped me understand because nature is really abundant and nature can also wipe things out. Nature doesn't care about Basha. Nature doesn't care about Basha. That I could understand. I could get a grasp on that. I couldn't deal with a God that might do this to me or, you know, so when people said, you know, they're in a better place or something like that, oh my God, that was not good for me. That didn't help me. Um, so what we believe matters. And what's helped me uh, in my journey is 
connecting to my son. I happen to believe that we're more than the physical body. And that matters to me. It helps me, helps me to feel connected to him through the love that I have for him. So I talk to him. I talk to him. I'll drive in my car. I see a, a reminder of him and either the car that he used to drive or something that triggers a, a memory of him. I smile. And I, so out of that, I built a group that happens once a month called Open to Our Angels. What I've discovered is that when people, be, they, when they're in grief and then they start sharing these synchronistic stories, mm -hmm. their energy shifts. All of a sudden, they perk up. The energy is a little lighter. It's more, there's more possibility. There's more hope. There's more, um, just more uh, possibility in, in life and connecting to that loved one. So that caught my attention. And I thought, you know, let's do something where we encourage that uh, specifically and, uh, and foster it so that we can share those little stories of, oh, I found a penny and that means something to me on the street or I, or I saw a hummingbird or whatever that is. You know? I, I love it. You call your group listening to our angels, listen to our angels. Open, open to open our angels. Yeah. Open to our angels. I love that. That's a, such a sweet name, isn't it, Heidi? It is. And where is this group? It's a, a Zoom monthly call. So if people like want this. to join, how do they join? If people want to be part of this? So they should uh, friend me on Facebook okay. and then I'll get them into the closed group. There's a closed group because these stories, you can't, you can't just be so public with them. Not everyone is. Well, they're kind of sacred too, Basha. They are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we have a closed group. It's called Open to Our Angels. You can find me uh, many ways. Searching for my name should bring up a lot of uh, social media. But uh, my name, Basha Mosinski, on Facebook is a really great way to get a hold of me right away. And, um, and also my website, uh, www.onelife, one word, dot coach, not, no .com, dot coach. So, so listening, just listening, right? It's listening and then trusting and taking that next step. So uh, with the alignment of mind, body, spirit, there's one more piece, and that's the body. So it's exercise, but it's also nutrition. What are we feeding our bodies that really matters? What, are, how are we, um, what kind of fuel are we putting in to lift ourselves uh, as opposed to you know, a heavy carb diet that um, makes us go up and down, up and down, up and down, that parallels the grief journey, which is like you know, just awful. So if we can get out of that maze and actually get clean energy, it, it really helps also. I love it. If you had one piece of advice for somebody who's suffered a recent loss, what would it be? Well, uh, I would, my recommendation would be to follow the, the next stepping stone. Something mm -hmm. resonated for you in maybe what, what one of us said here on this panel, um, or is something you read in a book or something you saw on Facebook, follow that stone, go to the next one, go to the next one. There's so much synchronicity around a loss. There's, there's abundance of leads, but the, the next thing is to, is to take a step, make a call. Don't isolate. Don't, don't cut yourself off because there's a lot of help, a lot of help. Oh. 
Basha, thank you so much. It's been fabulous having you on the show. You're oh, a thank you. wonderful woman. Oh, you're, you're, you guys, oh, so delighted to, to have you in my life. I, I so appreciate it. I agree with my mom, Basha, and I love the idea of finding your authentic self because I think that truly is what we're looking for after we've had the loss of someone that we really cared about and loved. And you are definitely one of the most authentic people I know. So awesome. you have found your authentic self. And if Basha can do it, we can all do it. Because Absolutely. Two sons die and she has found her authentic self again. So thank, thank you, Basha. Thank and you. thanks everybody for listening to the show and watching the show. And I hope that you'll at least tell one friend today about this show and about Open to Hope. And Heidi and I, and I'm sure Basha, want to remind all of you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless.